Well, hey, I'm Andy McMillan, and today we are doing two things. Number one, we are talking about long road trips, and number two, we are ending our series on Psalms 23. Let's get started. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining this episode today, and we are finishing up a journey. If you haven't been watching very long, we've been, for the last several like like a lot. I don't. I should probably know how many episodes we've been in the twenty third Psalm on. Uh, but um, we we uh, we've been doing this for a while. We've been talking about the twenty third Psalm for a while. We've been doing a deep dive into each verse for the last several episodes, and I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed this journey with you guys. I've gotten a lot of good feedback, and and I really appreciate that. And hopefully, it's helping you grow and helping you understand this portion of scripture uh, that much better. But I was thinking about our time together today and thinking through uh, the the time that we've spent here. And it kind of made me think about road trips, right? Like there are several things that happen on road trips as you're, as you're going on a journey to get to an eventual destination. If you've ever been on a, a road trip, you know what road trips are like. And I'm not talking about like a two hour road trip that you took somewhere. That's not a road trip. I'm talking about a trip that takes like at least a solid day to get somewhere. Have you ever been on one of those road trips that it felt like it was going to take forever to get there? I've, I've been on several uh, road trips with people. I have driven uh, people from Florida to Texas. Actually, I had a road trip that took me from Birmingham, Alabama to Tampa, Florida, and then from Tampa, Florida to San Antonio, Texas. I was helping a friend move. Actually, true story, on that road trip, Somehow I accidentally went the wrong way for like 200 miles, thanks to uh, a person who's no longer in my life, so I won't call him out. But a guy, I called the guy because I couldn't, I didn't have a GPS in my car and I didn't know which way to go. And it was a guy from that area and uh, he told me to go a different way than I was supposed to go because he thought that was the way to go. Thanks a lot, dude. Anyway, I, I love a good road trip. I love good road trips because there's something about everything that you experience on the journey. And I've driven to, to San Antonio, Texas. I've driven um, literally across the United States. I used to live in Florida and now I live in Oregon. And my father and I took a road trip from uh, Birmingham, Alabama to Oregon. I drove from Florida to Birmingham by myself. And then we drove the next day all the way up here uh, to Oregon, which took several days, even with us barely stopping except for sleep, you know? And so it, it was a, it was a long road trip, but there's something about the last stretch, right? There's something about the last stretch of a road trip where you're just like, man, I'm ready to just get there. And, and you, you go through so many different things. You're on so many different roads. You, you deal with so many different issues. Sometimes you deal with traffic. Sometimes you deal with a car accident. Sometimes you almost end up in a car accident there's all of these different things. And when you get to the end of the road trip, there's a moment where I think all of us have felt this. If you've been on a long road trip where you're like, oh my gosh, I just, I just don't, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Why am I driving this car? Why am I driving this moving truck? Why am I doing these things? I just want it to be over. And sometimes when we have those moments, at least for me, you you almost forget the reason 
why you're even doing it. I remember when I helped my friend uh, move from Florida to Texas. He's a buddy of mine. He's actually a fellow YouTuber. He's uh, Jason Mayfield. I helped him move to San Antonio, Texas. And when I helped him go there, by like the, the last day, I couldn't even tell you why I was driving a car. Like, you know, like you're just kind of going, you're following somebody else and you're just thinking, my God, if I can just get to where I'm going and survive, I'll feel good about that. And you just kind of, you, you almost, you, you can almost forget the reason that you're even doing what you're doing. And in that instance, it was to help a friend move. Um, in, in the instance of moving to Oregon, I kind of felt the same way. We got in the last 15 hours of that drive and I didn't want to see the inside of our Penske truck again. I mean, it was just so long and so tiring. And as I was reading the 23rd Psalm preparing for our last, uh, go at it here on uh, the podcast, I really began to ask myself the question, what is the journey through the 23rd Psalm really centered around? What's the focus of it? And how does this last leg of the journey connect to that, that foundation of the passage? And we've been saying throughout our time together that the central theme of the 23rd Psalm rests in the statement, he restores my soul. And we can see that all throughout the 23rd Psalm. We actually can see it in three different seasons of the scripture. We see number one, that God leads us to restoration, that God restores us and continually restores us. And then as we are restored, we receive these benefits of this newfound restoration in our life. And so as we talk about this last portion of the scripture, I want us to remember that everything that we've been doing centers around this statement, that he restores my soul. Well, let's take one more uh, go at the 23rd Psalm. Let's read it together. Let's check it out. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside still waters and you restore my soul. You lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. This last portion of the scripture that we're looking at uh, is very important. And I think it really sums up everything happening within Psalms 23. Now, let's look at the first half of the last part, which says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That is such a beautiful statement. And it really feels like a giant summary of what we've been looking at. We've been looking at God restoring us, leading us to restoration, doing the restorative work, and also seeing and reaping the benefits of that restorative nature that he's uh, done in our life, that restorative work that he's been doing. When I think about my relationship with God, my relationship with Jesus, I often start by thinking about his grace. The grace he's afforded me, the grace that I've experienced through the finished work that he did on the cross. Now, as we talk about that, and as we as we begin to understand that more deeply, I experience it that much more deeply. The more that God restores me, the more that God shapes me, the more that God works in me, the more I appreciate that gift and the more I'm aware of that gift. 
It's not necessarily that that as I've come into um, a restored moment in my life that then I get to receive God's grace. No, 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 no. It's, it's a free gift to me. Now, it's a free gift to me. I hear some people say that, that the grace of God is a free gift. And as my economics professor, who was a little crazy, used to say, there are no free lunches. It, it's a free gift to me, but it wasn't a free gift because Jesus paid the ultimate price for me to receive that free gift. And so that gift that is given to me that was paid for by Jesus' sacrifice is something that as I am restored, I come into a deeper awareness of it. It's not that I had to go through a restorative process to receive it. God gives that gift to me the second I choose to believe in Jesus Christ. But as I begin to allow God to lead me and shepherd me and take me through a restorative process, I find that I understand God's grace more deeply. Now that free gift has been there since I chose to believe in Jesus Christ, but until I really become aware of it, I don't realize that that gift is offered to me. I heard a story the other day talking about the history of slavery here in the United States. And one of the things that was interesting to me that there was a large percentage of slaves, specifically in Texas, we, we know, uh, that did not know that they were free for over two years. That even though the United States had granted them freedom, they had not yet been told and they've not been notified that they were free. They were still operating as if their, their slave owners still owned them. They were still operating as if they were still in that same captivity. Yet, they had already been given the opportunity to be free. Now, I think that this is interesting because oftentimes that same thing happens in our relationship with God. That we talk about this idea of becoming a Christian, yet we, we don't necessarily believe the truth of the gift of grace and mercy that we receive when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And for many of us, we walk around with the same baggage, the same issues, the same, uh, the same perspective of ourselves as if we had never had that experience in knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. But the truth is that God desires for us to walk in that grace and in that freedom. And it is in the restorative process, the restorative nature that God uh, desires for us to walk through when he leads us like a shepherd, that we begin to become aware of his goodness and his mercy. And David begins to end or wrap up the 23rd Psalm by summarizing it and saying, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. In other words, I'm gonna let the Lord lead me like a shepherd. I'm gonna let him take me to a place of restoration where I can be restored for his glory. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not gonna fear any evil because God is with me. I know that his leadership that used to bother me, that maybe used to be irritating to me, now comforts me. And I know that he honors me by setting a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And he even anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. And all of that, the, the leading of the shepherd, the, the restorative work that he's doing in my life, and all of those things because of that restoration gives me the, the reality or the awareness that his goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And I can trust that and I can believe in it, that his goodness and mercy are always with me. That even in dark seasons, even in seasons that are frustrating, even in seasons that make me feel uh, like I'm failing, or maybe even that I feel alone, even those, goodness and mercy are still following me. And even if I don't feel it, I can still trust that truth. That goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And then he says this, 
that I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I love this statement because there's really two different parts to this or two different dimensions to what he's saying. He's really saying that you'll dwell in the presence of God forever. Now, there is a reality that he's talking about eternity as well. But he's also talking about the here and now. That goodness and mercy follow me because I am dwelling in the house of the Lord. I'm dwelling in the presence of the Lord. That regardless of where I am, there isn't a place that I can go that his presence isn't going to go with me. That his presence isn't going to be right there, um, literally present with me. That he is going to stand beside me in every aspect of my life. And not only do I experience his presence here and now, but I also will experience it one day in a physical way, unlike I ever will on earth in eternity forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in his house and his presence here on earth right now, but I will also experience it in a greater way for all of eternity. Because of the work that Jesus Christ did in my life, because of the grace that he afforded me, that he paid the price for, that he gives to me as a free gift, because of all of those things, I'll be in his presence forever. Every single thing that we've talked about over the last several weeks that David is saying, I want those things in my life. And when we say the 23rd Psalm, when we say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside still waters. You restore my soul. And you lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. When I say amen, I am saying, God, let everything that I've just said become reality in my life. Let everything that I've just said become truth, become something that I can grab onto and experience in my life. That is, that is a powerful way to end that passage. I'm summarizing everything that I've had, that goodness and mercy will follow me and that God's presence will be with me, that I'll dwell in his presence forever, both in this life and the next And I'm going to take everything that's in this moment and say, amen, let it be so in my life. What a powerful way to conclude the 23rd Psalm. Now, this may feel like a shorter episode to you, uh, but I don't want to just talk to talk, but I do want to leave you with something as we finish out our time in the 23rd Psalm. If you've watched all of these episodes on the 23rd Psalm, you've had several hours to meditate and think on this scripture and to hear different thoughts about it. And I want to invite you to engage in the scripture, not, not just mentally, but, but inside of your soul, spiritually engage in it. So I'm going to give you a 14-day challenge, and I would love for you to do me a favor. If you do this 14-day challenge, uh, hit me up on Instagram or on Facebook and let me know that you're engaging in the 14-day challenge. And that is, for once a day, say the 23rd Psalm at least once a day. You might do it two times, you might do it three times. But find a day or a time every day for the next 14 days where you just say the 23rd Psalm. You you say it, maybe you need, maybe you don't have it memorized yet. That's cool. You'll probably have it memorized after 14 days of saying it. You can pull this up through your Bible app or you can Google it, however you want to do it. But let's say the 23rd Psalm together for the next 14 days. And here's what I believe, that as you choose to say these, these words, that you choose to make this your prayer over the next 14 days, 
There's something that's going to change on the inside of you. There's a work that God's going to do inside of your soul as you begin to do that. And as you end that prayer every single day with amen, let it be so. I believe that you're going to begin to see a work in your life unlike never before. Take this journey with me. Let me know on social media at D-U-B-M-C-M, Dub-M-C-M, both on uh, Instagram and Facebook. It, it technically is also my Twitter handle, but I have not been on Twitter in a very long time. So uh, let me know on those. You can hit me up in a story and just tag me in it, or you can shoot me a direct message. However you do it, I want to know that you're uh, joining in and being a part of this 14-day challenge. Man, thank you so much for taking the time to watch this episode of my podcast. Until next week, you're watching the Andy McMillan Podcast.